Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And we welcome you to this edition of Tuesday People, the podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Album. I'm the author of the book, Tuesdays with Maury, also the host of this podcast. They are interconnected because the podcast was inspired by the book, which uh, reaches its 25th anniversary this summer. And yet the lessons that I learned alongside my old college professor while he was dying from Lou Gehrig's disease still resonate today, still enough to... Uh, to motivate this podcast and so many of you listeners who find those lessons, as I do, uh, to be highly inspirational, educational, illuminating, uh, no matter when they were said. And uh, we're going to have another example of that today. Alongside is Lisa Goitz, as always, my friend and producer. Hi, Lisa. Hey, Mitch. Came back uh, just uh, last night from a weekend in Nantucket where wow. the Rock Bottom Remainders, our musical band of authors, uh, performed uh, in the uh, in nightclub there called the Chicken Box, which was oh, yeah. <laughs> about about as about as seedy as that sounds uh, for a club. The Chicken Box. It was, uh, you know, certain seedy dive bar nightclubs have a certain smell to them. It's yes. sort of like the smell of having never really been thoroughly cleaned since it was opened, and uh, the sweat, the smell of sweat, beer. Beer, definitely Occasional vomit uh, and uh, (laughs) electrical things blowing up on occasion. So we were on a stage there. Nice club, nice people. A lot of people came because it was part of the Nantucket Literary Festival. And uh, so a lot of uh, author fans came, which is what we rely on, because if you came strictly for the music, you would leave after five minutes. Right. Uh, But we had a blast. (laughs) Dave Barry was there and... um, Ridley Pearson and Mary Carr and Scott Tarot and uh, gosh, uh, Roy Blunt Jr. and uh, Alan's Y. Bell. But, uh, we were even joined by Susie Essman from the um, Curb Your Enthusiasm show. Oh, uh, I plays, love her. Yeah, she plays Susie. And uh, I got to hand it to her. I really like her. She's a very nice person. Um, but everybody who meets her wants her to say, if you see that show, she's got a real foul mouth on the program, and she's always yelling at Larry, uh, played by Larry David, to get the F out of my house. Yes. That, that's like her <laughs> most common line. And the people literally come up to her and say, say that. And she's very good spirited about it. She does. You know, like she records it into people's vo- uh, voicemails and, and videos and things like that. I, I, I felt bad for her. It's like, gosh, everybody in the world wants you to curse. And she says, well, yeah. I mean, after all, my job is I show up, I, I say a bunch of funny things, I curse a lot, and I get paid. So not bad. <laughs> That's not uh, bad. I love her. She's she's a, a really s- sweet person, very, very kind, funny, and uh, can sing. She sang My Boyfriend's Back. Did a great job. Oh, uh, cool. Yeah. So anyhow. So anyway, I came back from that. And uh, what's that got to do with today's podcast? Well, 
So I came back from that and I had a, a doctor's appointment, a, uh, a uh, scan, you know, a test that had been on the books for a long time. So I've been worrying about this scan, not that there's anything bad. I don't want to scare anybody or anything like that. It was one of these things that like a year ago, I had to get a scan for something else. And uh, they found like this little, you know, there's a thing. little thing there, a little thing there, probably nothing, but you know. You might want to come back and check it up in, uh, you know, a few in months a time or six right. months. Yes, yes, to make sure, you know, that kind of thing. And I debated whether I really wanted to do that because I had a doctor friend uh, over the years who said to me, don't ever go for unnecessary tests or scans because the more they scan you, the more they take pictures of you, the more they're going to find something. They'll always find something, you know, there, there's always something there to find and and uh, and to wonder about. and so. I was of a mixed mind as to whether to go get it. On the other hand, I kept thinking about this thing and found myself saying, well, I, 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 do I really have a clean bill of health? Because all my other things had gone well and tests had gone well and everything. I said, you know, everything else has gone well, but I have this one thing that I have been thinking about. And do I, what, God forbid, if it, if it was something and you can catch it early, you know, and, and, and get rid of it early. But I said, ah, no, I don't want to be bothered by it. And then, you know, like five years later, I come back and they said, yeah, something big here. It's too bad we didn't catch this earlier. You know what I mean? Yeah. So this got me thinking about something that Maury spoke about, which is so, so true and was one of the underpinnings of my time with Maury during those, you know, final months of his life. And that was something that he called the tension of opposites, the tension of opposites which for him was basically the yin and the yang, the pulling of one sentiment against the other. And the kind of stuff that you would really kind of wonder, well, how can both things exist at the same time? Right. Well, for Maury, it wasn't just, do I want chocolate ice cream or do I want vanilla ice cream? Gee, I kind of want chocolate, but I also kind of want vanilla. It wasn't that. It was about how to approach his life in the final months. Here he is. I think the first time he sort of brought it up with me was something, a theme that came up often, but I think this is one of our first discussions. Listen. That's an odd... That's an odd idea for a guy like you. Yeah. It was an odd idea for a guy like me, but this is the idea of the tension of opposites. Mm -hmm. I'm independent still in many ways. Mm -hmm. So what I want and I need what I think, but when I'm dependent physically, I'm not fighting it anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to enjoy it like a little child mm -hmm. enjoys being taken care of. Mm -hmm. And that works pretty well. Mm -hmm. Not all the time, but pretty well. Mm -hmm. So that's another one of those reversals, yeah. turning around what the culture expects. So here what Maury was talking about was He's independent. He wants to be independent. But the other part of him is sort of enjoys the fact that, well, that's gone. He can't be independent anymore. He has to have other people feed him and carry him and, and uh, wipe his rear end. And so and just being on one side of that, fighting it, fighting it, fighting it, fighting it. I want to be independent. I want to be independent. There's a part of him that says, well, I don't know. This isn't so bad in that. What can I do about it? It's easier for me to accept it. So how can he be both things, right? Yeah. Well, 
this kind of thing happens all the time. It's the same kind of situation that I went through with this test. On the one hand, I don't, I don't want to have to go get this test. I don't want to see things that are unnecessary. I don't want to drag myself in. Clearly, my desire is not to have this test not to be worrying about this test and thinking about it. On the other hand, there's part of me that wants to have the peace of mind of knowing that it was checked out and it's not going to come back to haunt me down in the future. So I find myself in my own tension of opposites and having to live between the two of them. So in my case, I went and got this test. The part of me that didn't want to get it is still there. The part of me that wants to have the peace of mind of knowing it is still there. And I made a choice. Now, what happens the next time if there's another test? I'm going to be at that same yin and yang. And if you really think about it, there are so many moments in your life where you have to exist somewhere in between one set of desires and another set of realities. Let's think of some examples, okay? Um, all right, let's talk about your workplace, your job. Yes. On the one hand, there's part of you that doesn't want to be at this job anymore because you dream of this different life where you can control your own destiny. Maybe it's you work for yourself. You're not working for a paycheck anymore. You don't have a boss. It's your own place. You're going to open a baklava shop on a Greek island. Are you? Are you? Um, are you tapping my brain? Go ahead. Keep going. <laughs> well, I see this, you nodding. I this see you is nodding, like... especially at the baklava part. Oh man, I'm ready. Yeah, count me in. Okay, go so ahead. So you want to do that, <laughs> uh, but there's the other part of you that says yeah. I also want to have health insurance. I I want <laughs> to be financially secure. I want to be at ease with mm. my future and not wondering, well, what happens if this happens, et cetera, ah. et cetera. Right? You just tapped me. You just- The tension of opposites. <laughs> yes. Tension now, you of live, opposites. You live, as Maury said, and most of us live in the middle between those things. And what does that mean? It means that you are on one day pulled in one direction, another day pulled in the other direction, but n neither direction pulls you so much that you give up on the other one. Yeah. Except right? for, yeah, except for the baklava shop, right? So like, <laughs> I I have to give up on the baklava shop. Well, because, maybe. Oh, maybe, maybe. Or maybe, maybe like a lot of people, it's in your future. Ah, yes. You, what maybe you do is, is you, you push it ahead. You say, yeah. well, I can't do it now, but I don't want to give up on the dream. So maybe I'll do it later. Yes, right? in Greece. Yes, in Greece. And if I if I move to Greece, I don't have to worry about health insurance. So there's the good thing. Well, it's, okay. it's you know the government will give me that. Yes, right. Uh, on the other hand, I think you have to work. Um, and oh, well, and I'll be, be working. Well, oh, you have to be a citizen, don't you? Yes, but my husband can get citizenship because oh, he's okay. Greek. So, uh, so I picked the right island to talk about. I picked the right you, country. To talk I'm about. telling you, you must be psychically uh, in on this. We'll be back with more Tuesday People right after this.
another type of situation. Um, let's say you're taking care of a, of a, of a sick relative. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's your mother. Maybe it's your uncle, your father, your sick sister. There's the feeling of, I need to take care of this person. They're my loved one. It's my duty. It's my obligation. It's my. It's. I, I want to. I want to. Uh, on the other hand, it's eating up your time, your life. You say, "I only have so much time on this earth. I'm spending years taking care of this person. I'm not able to do what I want to do." Mm-hmm. And you feel very strongly about that on some days. Yes. Attention of opposites. Both things are legitimate. Again, it's is not about I want vanilla, I want chocolate. I can't make up my mind which flavor ice cream to order. We're talking about things that are that are pulls in your life about important things, but both of them are legitimate at the same time. Yes. And you aren't able to fully commit to one or fully commit to the other because of the circumstance that you are in. So you are living in the tension of opposites. Yes. And I see what you mean, because like you can't fully embrace one, right? So let's say you're the caretaker and you're at home or caregiver and you're you're caring for your relative. Um, you always have this other birdie in the other ear, right? Saying, you know, I, gosh, I really wish I could be, you know, taking a vacation or I, I need to get away or, you know. Right. Um, but I have to be here. So- you're kind of you don't have that choice, right? Because you have to, you have to heed the one that seems to be most important at the time. At the time, but but yeah. time shifts. Yes. So here is, for example, here is Maury talking one time where he referenced the tension of opposites about uh, when I asked him about watching television and the news and the things like that. Did he continue to do that? And here's what that transact that conversation was what's sort of been your reaction to the rest of the world going on without you you know before and after it's interesting it's that tension of opposites i care a lot i said what does it matter both because i won't be around on the other hand i'm in the moment that's happening now i'm experiencing it now and so Indeed, it makes me cry to see that sort of thing. But, you know, next five minutes I could say, my statement about all that, how did I put it? It matters very much, and it really doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. And both can be present. Mm So here he was talking about you know, watching moving things on television about a war. And, and when, when he referred to crying, it was because he cried when he saw some footage of a war. And I remember asking him, why are you crying? I and mean, this is happening in in Eastern Europe. You've never been there. You don't know the people there. And he said, well, Mitch, when you're dying, you feel other people's pain so much more than when you're not. You're so sensitive to it. You're so empathetic to it. And so I can see strangers suffering and I want to cry. But here's this tension of opposites. He's crying. But on the other hand, this voice inside of his head says, what does it matter? You're not going to be around for another month or two or three. And you're not going to change. This is what, what, what difference does it make to you now? 
Tension yeah. of opposites. Yeah. Tension yeah. of opposites. Can you I think t- of some examples in your life where you're pulled in those directions, Lisa? I, I can't. Well, it's funny. You were talking about the caretaking, um, you know, because we have four dogs. I can't often do anything. Like you had mentioned once I was like, gosh, I'd love to be able to go to Haiti and help out at the orphanage, you know, but I would have to stay there for an extended period of time. Well, I can't leave my dogs because, you know, God forbid my husband takes care of them for three months. Um, <laughs> but um, uh I don't know. I don't know who would come out alive out of that situation. <laughs> so I'd be spending my entire time in Haiti worrying about the dogs, right? right? But that's right now, right? So maybe there's a time later down the line. Like I would love to be able to do stuff like that. I would love to just be able to travel freely and go places. Right, but, but yet you're clearly torn because you have a, a, a legitimate love for these animals. You yes. know, you're not you're not burdened. No one strapped you into these dogs and said, you have to take care of them, Lisa. You can't have a life. This is a, You did this willingly. So you took them in willingly because you love the animals and you love caring for the animals. You love caring for the dogs. And that's a, that's a legitimate pull on you. Yes. But you also want to have the life that the dogs are, are kind of denying you because of the responsibility of them, right? Yes. Yes. And I imagine and, and, parents, and I'm sure like, people feel that way about their kids. I mean, if they're I'm really being yes. honest. If they're really being honest, I know, I know it sounds horrible to think, you know, well, I, I can't go do this or whatever. And, but, but it's not, I mean, these are, these are thoughts that fly through your head the, you know, many, many thoughts fly through your head. As long as you don't act on the bad ones, it's, right. you know, you, sh- you shouldn't feel like, oh my God, my brain should be shut off to these thoughts. So something the matter with me, I have windows where the thoughts get in. There are many women and men who are in the teenage years with their kids and look back and say, gosh, you know, 14, 15 years have gone by. I haven't been able to do this, 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 and this because I've been so busy raising the kids. I love the kids. I would never trade the kids. But what do I do with this feeling of emptiness, of not being satisfied? How do I I not feel guilty about it? Well, the way you don't feel guilty about it is because you understand that life is that yin and yang. It is that tension of opposites. Most things in life come with those kinds of consequences. I mean, even the even the most joyous type of thing that you could think of is someone says, uh, "Hey, let's go, you know, on a on a on a on a, a month long excursion to Hawaii, and uh, we're, all expenses paid. Okay. And we're going to take you. And you go, wow, this is fantastic. <laughs> this is great. But there might be a voice in you that says, my sister." has to stay home and work. And wouldn't it be great if I could take my sister with me? Why do I get to have this opportunity? And she doesn't. And there's this feeling of, I don't know if guilt is the right word or just regret or you want to share with it. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a push and pull. It's a tension of opposites. And this is even on something that is so clearly beneficial to you and positive for you. So I think... The point of this of this particular episode is to point out that the tension of opposites is a part of daily life, and you should not feel like you are being singled out or tortured, or you're the only person who can't make up their mind, or is wishy-washy, or as people say to me, I, I go back and forth on things. Well, of course you go back and forth on things, because things are not flat. They're, 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 things are crooked. Things are round. Things are, 
have multiple sides to yes. them that sometimes you have to consider them. And it's not a bad thing to quote unquote, go back and forth, not even to the very end. Here was Maury trying to decide, is it better for me to just tell people who come see me goodbye? Let me say everything I want to say to you because I don't know if I'll ever see you again. But then after I say that to you, then you're still around or you come back and see me again. Now I'm saying hello. How do I make peace with that? Here is what he said. The more I do that, the easier it is, both for the final goodbye and for the hello. Mm -hmm. I've already said goodbye, so now we can say hello. Right. You see, But if I just say hello and think this is going to go on forever, I'm not being realistic. Right. And therefore, probably it'll be harder, I don't know. But that's my way of doing it. And I don't find it sad. I find it like my tension of opposites. Yeah. To get in the middle between. To get in the middle between. That is where we live. And the more we recognize that it's okay to have thoughts to the left and thoughts to the right, and that most of life is trying to choose to live in the middle of those things, and, and make ourselves at peace with it. Be at peace with the tension of opposites. Be at peace with that test that you don't want to take, but you feel you ought to take, and ultimately you decide that you should take and do take. And now I got to live with the consequences of the information, you know, when I get it, uh, good, bad, or otherwise, you know, I already did it. And, and, and try to find a place in that middle, in that tension of opposites, where you can be comfortable, where you can take a breath and you can say, all right, I. You know, I'm between this pull and that pull, but I'm okay because I get it because that's what life is. That's what life is. Yeah, I get that. I never thought about that before, though, Mitch. Like, I never thought about that we all sort of live in this middle ground because you always think it's just you, you know? Right. Because it's easy to look around at other people and say, why does it, I'm just going to use my example as, as an example. Why does it seem like, you know, um, I'm going to make up a name, Peggy um, gets to go on so many vacations and do so many things. Like she has no responsibilities. Peggy doesn't have a job. Peggy doesn't have dogs. Peggy's kids are all grown up and out of the house. So Peggy gets to live this unbelievably awesome life. And I don't, but, but, there's probably something in Peggy's life that I don't know about that she doesn't show oh, no question. on the surface. <laughs> right. No question. And maybe she feels that, you know, she misses being a mother to her kids and feels like she doesn't have a purpose now because that dominated her life and, and, and was her purpose for so many years. And then she, she didn't develop a career and she didn't, you know, have a workplace. So you're talking about it from a person who's working and, and feels kind of stuck at work and can't get out of work or has the dogs and can't get out of the dog. And she may be looking at it as like, you know, I'm just trying to fill an emptiness here. I go on these vacations. I should be happy, but I'm not happy because what I really miss is being a mother, raising my kids. And, and I don't know how to substitute for that. I don't know what to bring into my life now. And that could be a tension of opposites. Yeah. For, she might for need a purpose. Like she's looking right. for maybe Peggy is searching for a sense of purpose that she doesn't have. That's you right. Know, so you look at everybody and sometimes you think that the other people, whatever your opposite is, 
you think that other people are happy living that, but boy, oh boy, they probably have a tension of their own somewhere. That's right. I think everybody lives in the middle of some tension of opposites and uh, tries to find some solid middle ground. So the point of today's podcast, the point of this episode is don't be intimidated by the tension of opposites. Rec- recognize that it is part of life, part of life. Okay. My All life right. is so much better now that I just listened <laughs> to this podcast, yes. Mitch. Yes. Much Even like with it the is. Word tension involved. <laughs> much like it is every Tuesday. Every Tuesday Good. I come out of here going, huh, wow, I, uh, I learned something today. Well, we hope you did too at home. If you like what you heard, if you like this podcast, you can listen to more at wetuesdaypeople.com where we have all of our previous episodes. And you can find out about chats and discussions between people, et cetera, et cetera. Remember that Tuesdays with Maury, the 25th anniversary edition with a new afterword and a reflection on the 25 years that have passed that I wrote comes out in late August. And until we get the opportunity to speak with you again, on behalf of Lisa Goitz, my producer and friend, I'm Mitch Album saying, see you next Tuesday. Thank you for listening to Tuesday People. To be part of our conversation, join the Tuesday People community at wetuesdaypeople.com. Subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode and share it with your friends. We look forward to having you with us every Tuesday because, after all, we're Tuesday people.